Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Eric. And we hope that you missed us last week. Uh, We are rolling in two weeks of new releases uh, into one this week, which means we're going to get Keanu Reeves in the longest action film of my entire life. And then we're also going to get a remake or a reboot of a popular board game that I've never played, but I'll tell you what. I enjoyed the movie a heck of a lot. Eric, how are you doing this week? I'm doing really well with the batch of movies that we have. I know it's just the two of them, but I have so much to say about both of them. Oh my gosh. I mean, they were both long-ish. One of them yeah. was long enough that it could have been three movies. And apparently, we're, we'll just dive in because that's that's our first one. John Wick Chapter 4, with its two-hour and 49-minute runtime, the director saying he really spared us because the first cut was three hours and 45 minutes. And I don't know about you, Eric, but I would have been happy with one hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> I, You know, I know what the point is of these movies, right? It's it's to show off. It's to, it's to build a spectacle and prove what these teams can do. And they're fantastic, and they they do it better than anyone I know that's in a franchise right now. But here's the thing about that, though, is is you do have three whole movies. This is the movie of, like, the past of Donnie Yen as sort of a colleague of John Wick and his story. This is the story of another Continental uh, run by Hiroyuki Sonata and his daughter and the revenge that builds there. And it's basically a remake of the end of John Wick 3. And then right in the middle of the movie is a remake of John Wick 2, where he creates like a, a bargain to go kill someone for somebody and goes on like a side quest. And ah, like when I first saw when I saw the first John Wick, I was like, man, they made the world seem so mysterious and cool. And the more we explore it, the more I just get the idea that it's like, it's just a lot of people burning themselves for no reason. <laughs> like, it's a lot um, of, it's a lot of body count. I, you know, I'm glad you referenced that. We'll, we'll uh, give our Wikisense rank, rankings, you know, whatever the Wick, Wick universe is. The first movie, so I've never been the biggest John Wick fan, so it wasn't likely that John Wick 4 was going to be revolutionary for me. Uh, But the first movie, you know, made sense. They killed his dog. And, you know, they shouldn't have done that. And sure, what he did... And they shouldn't have done that. That should be on the poster. What he did was impressive, but it also felt like it was grounded in a real world. These movies have slowly deteriorated to the point that John Wick 4, now you have everyone who has a speaking line, has a magical suit that's bulletproof. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't think people know how Kevlar works. You know what? Kevlar might stop a bullet, but you're definitely going to feel that. And also, he's a 40-something, probably pushing 50-year-old man even in the John Wick universe, mm-hmm. he falls off buildings a couple of times, gets oh hit my- by a few cars, just snaps back up. Um, the the stair sequence probably took years off my life. 
Oh, he's living in a video game for sure. Well, just like I knew as soon as he got to the top, I'm like, oh my God, we're about to start this shit all over again. Sorry, pardon my name, but we're about to start this all over again. And I was like, there. I felt. These are the only four movies he's ever directed. He comes from a stunt background. The action sequences are on point. The first movie has a plot and a story. The movies following that are essentially grandiose action sequences with a couple of slow interconnected dialogue sequences in the middle this one in particular felt like we have some cool things that we have in our mind that we want to do we're probably not going to make any more of these although this movie well i would like to believe it has a definitive ending the fact that they're gonna make a expanded universe bums me out and i you know i asked our friend ricky i was like do you think john wick is dead and he said, not a chance. And unfortunately, <laughs> that's also how I feel. <laughs> Neither is his wife. Yeah. The, the dog's out there too somewhere. Well, I mean, it worked for Fast and Furious, if we're, if we're being honest. Michelle Rodriguez died and then suddenly came back a couple movies later because they were like, oh, dang, Paul Walker's gone. We better do something else. Actually, even before that. It was. Oh, yeah. And Han. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one ever dies in these movies. See? But. That is it, the biggest bummer to me about this franchise is there already is a Fast and the Furious. And I always thought the whole point of these movies was to was because movies like Fast and the Furious do a lot of CGI doubling work and quick cutting to kind of amp up their action sequences. And the idea is like not to cheat that, to make them as smooth and wide shot and clear and as and and show off the stunt team as possible. So when you are CGI flinging a dog into a car and then, yeah, when you're holding up a shirt and taking like a shotgun blast to the face and you're fine and then you run and jump out a third story window and you do that and then you roll down. I think it was, I think it was, it had to be at least nine flights of stairs. I laughed out loud. There's a sequence when they're going through the house, especially when you're from above that I swear all it was was a first-person shooter video game. It's and called that's Hotline almost... Miami. There's a game called Hotline Miami where you are exactly that angle following a guy. And it came out around the time it was inspired by Ryan Gosling and Drive and all that kind of stuff. But, like, now, see, that was... Uh, Even the way he goes around and collects the weapons and then decides what he's going to use and has, like, a shotgun that suddenly explodes people into flames. And you're watching it. I was like... This is visually, I'll give you props, stunt work, amazing. Some of the choreographed action sequences are beautifully done. And I've always enjoyed a choreographed like shootout kind of kind of film. I, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Replacement Killers. I remember seeing that in in college that had the kind of Hong Kong style shoot 'em up action. Mira Sorvino's in it. And um I'll have to look his, look him up when you're giving more of your thoughts. But I they at the time it set the record for the most number of blanks used in a film. But it's like a crisp 88 minutes. It's got kind of a fun soundtrack. It's mostly all just it's like this ex-assassin who his family gets killed, so he's on the mission of vengeance. He comes across, you know, like average New Yorker lady. They go they go on this journey together. I that movie was a kick in the pants. But these kind of movies, they don't need to be three hours long. I just, 
you know, some of these action sequences even went, in my opinion, too long because you had to have like 40 minute action set pieces because you only have like 10 minutes of like dialogue in between. And there isn't, you're right, it's not really much of a story. It feels like a lot of pieces of a lot of different John Wick movies that we just threw back together so that we can make one big spectacle because these movies unexpectedly have made a million dollars. Yeah. You know, it was great to see Lance Reddick on screen after his untimely passing. Of course, I was not not prepared for his untimely passing. (laughs) But they end up doing a nice tribute. I thought this movie was fine. I'm going to give it like a thumbs neutral. I didn't hate it, but I... Some people have called this the greatest action film they've ever seen. It's just not that for me. It It's a little too overblown. So there are, there are movies that do this. Have you ever seen the Raid uh, Redemption or the Raid Barrendahl? I have not. So now I will be watching the Raid and I gathered from your, my, your reaction, you're going to be looking for replacement killers. I will be. The Raid, uh, again, is a movie that like upped what people were doing uh, technologically with action movies. And that is about a, a core stunt team that was showing off something they can do. And then The Raid 2 is like two and a half to three hours long. And to be fair to that movie, it does layer in a lot more. Like, if this was John Wick 2, and the whole conceit of the movie was... John Wick came out of retirement in the first one. He's not allowed to do that. And it brought on this onslaught and you were just, this was all the second one. I think I would have been blown away. I think I really would. Because I think all of everything would still feel new and unfamiliar. And the relationships between the characters would have been something engaging. And that promise of the first one, having this weird, unique world behind it would have been there. And there wouldn't be all these just just absurd twists and turns. Like it takes itself. I think that these movies do a great job of taking themselves absurdly seriously. In the first movie, you have like Willem Dafoe performing as a sniper, and that's really grounded, and that felt like real world serious. But even as soon as you get to the second movie, honestly, to me, my ranking is three at the bottom, four on top, then two, then one, and that's because two still had a very simple premise. John owes somebody. And so in the middle of paying that back, he finds out is being used. So he gets revenge for being used. It's got a twist in there. It's not insane. In the third one, he's riding on the back of a horse and then he gets, he falls off of a skyscraper and survives. And there's four dogs flying around and the villain is trying to kill him. The whole movie turns out to actually be his biggest fan. And like, they got it got so silly and then at the very end this guy who's been in his corner the whole time is the one that shoots him off of the skyscraper and then they're friends again in this movie and i'm just like we already have fast and the furious like we already have this franchise of complicated relationships and and hyper drama and flying back and forth and stunts and action and all that and just I don't know. I, I just think that the more that they push it, the less unique and special it becomes. So if this way, if I got to say this movie standing on its own, I probably like better than knowing everything that goes on around it. I definitely think it's better than three. So I might give it a thumb. 
I'll give it one thumb up because I can't just like dismiss the level of work and like the payoffs of all of the visuals and things like that. So, yeah. So um, I I did look it up. Chow Yun Fat and oh, sure. Tormina is is replacement killers. Both the replacement killers and the raid are not streaming free anywhere, but both are available for rent on Amazon. So I don't want to leave people hanging. Fair enough. Uh, in my, you like two more than I do. Two is my least favorite John Wick movie. Um, mm. I did like scoring wise. I probably have it and three about the same. But for me, it would be one on top, which I think one is actually was all I ever needed. It's great. Um, <laughs> I actually probably have four. In second place, it sounded like I disliked it, but um, stylistically, you know, if if we hadn't had any of the other ones and the movie is 45 minutes shorter, I might have actually enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, it It is a phenomenal feat in terms of some of the visuals and some of the setups and some of the locations. And that's probably why I have three higher than two. I thought some of the set pieces and like the Halle Berry sequence in three I liked a little bit more than two. Two is kind of a letdown. Like he, you're right. He gets sent to kill that. They, they a little too quickly dispatch with the whole Russian thing because they're like, mm -hmm. Oh, there's nowhere. There's nothing to mine here. And now let's go to the table or whatever. Yeah. Ridiculousness that is. And, um, you know, when he goes and finds that woman, he's supposed to kill. She like kills herself, mm. which was a weird yeah. sequence i just two two wasn't my favorite so it'd probably be my least favorite but i i don't think there's a big gap for me at all between two three and four okay they're, they're kind I'm of the thing the th here's the thing about four there's a really obvious i think it's lawrence of arabia the the match cut so like blowing out the match to the sunrise thing hmm why we had to have John Wick ride off into the desert to kill three people? It was a com four people, but it was a complete non sequitur because there were three outriders, and then he just guns that other guy down. Yeah, and I'm like, why did you? Why did you go all the way out there? Yeah, to kill that dude, and then boom, he's he's in, uh, he's at the continental in in <laughs> China, like so. Just go there. And then when he goes to meet uh Are we also glossing over that he just too quickly gets over the fact that what's his name? He uh Ian McShane's character, he gave everything no. for him at the end of three and gets shot by him off a roof and then like the he's like, you know how it is like, you know, we're cool. Yeah, you know how we're homies. This, this whole thing works. That's fine. Yeah, you you could have just pulled one line of dialogue in when he goes to meet uh, the lady. He could have said something along the lines of "You owe me," and then take a whole forty minutes out of the movie where he goes to fight the. I don't remember what nationality he is. He has to go collect his gold tooth or whatever. He could have just John Wick could have just said "You owe me," and you leave their past ambiguous. Boom, he gets his ticket on his his weird reform ticket. Like you're just calling that guy. I think they called that guy a Nazi, so I'm guessing he was German. But uh, okay, but it is really hard to tell what <sighs> they're what they're aiming for. He's got like because he went heart. to go find the heart of the Belarusian mob, and they're somehow in Germany also. Why? <laughs> I have questions. Just, I'll never just get answers. That whole part. And then, and then have him roll down 
only one staircase. Just well, one time and then stop on the platform. And they it looked these... like he was pushing himself to keep going. Like I oh. know. He's like he was barrel rolling down. I'm like, all right. But also you have this like really formal ancient custom structure that allows him to challenge the guy to a duel, but it's perfectly okay for that guy to send every assassin in the world to try to stop him from making a duel. And he's like, well, I guess he just wasn't punctual. He just didn't care about this challenge enough. Are you serious? Either you have these really formal high structure rules or you don't, because I guarantee you back in the day, if you challenged somebody to duel and you accepted said duel and then sent, like your army to go shoot the guy before you could arrive for the duel that would be considered dishonorable at the very least oh good gosh and and you know what i i liked the resolution i thought it was a little too clean but that... how did how did that guy not realize john wick hadn't shot i mean that that was the first thing i thought i was like oh i guess he's just waiting to blow the blind guy's head off and then the other guy i'm taking the last shot and i'm like oh that was their plan all along. I'm just going to let you shoot me and hope that you don't shoot me very well. <laughs> Did they work on that ahead of time? I don't know. I will say I thought Donnie Yen was amazing in this. I thought yeah. his whole presence, everything he was doing, he just kind of sway. He had swagger. He just came in and he kind of took over everything he I was in. I really Skarsgård, his non-Pennywise roles have been... Yeah. I liked him in Barbarian. Although oh yeah, the Keith, big, the oh. big the big trick in Barbarian is you think he's evil because <laughs> you've seen him play Pennywise until you realize oh he's just a good dude. Yep. <laughs> yep. But in this movie, like he's a good actor, but what was his character? And and they just. Every scene that he met with somebody had a different like suit and was eating or drinking something. Was this was Bill Skarsgård hungry? Right, right. Did he just needs sustenance. Oh God! Well, I don't know. I think we've uh, we've beaten John Wick Four into the ground almost as long as the movie beat the audience into the ground with its runtime. <clears throat> so let's shift gears. the The big release this week uh, is Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, uh, which is based on the popular game um but this is not the first time uh, it's been adapted into a movie let's not let's pour one out for that jeremy irons classic from the year 2000 uh that i just know is near and dear to your heart this movie uh comes from jonathan goldstein and john francis daly the team that wrote spider-man homecoming and also gave us the rebooted vacation with ed helms which is actually a movie that i will be honest i i love really to a huge degree i never gave it a shot oh my god it is freaking fantastic that's awesome and he also did they also did game night which is yeah. another movie that is fantastic the the ed helms vacation sometime this summer we should look at the vacation movies okay the ed helms vacation movie has one of the best chris hemsworth performances is full stop in his entire career oh that's exciting it is see i love it is everything you would want from that movie and more there are yeah. sequences Lindsay and i have gone to vacation spots because of things we saw in that movie oh nice i have probably seen it 25 times 
Wow. Wow. See, I'm in a weird kick right now of watching comedies. I watched Office Space the other day with my wife just because, I don't know, I think I need something to shield myself from the world. But um, that's so a good one. I right? take it you've played Dungeons & Dragons. I know what it is. Thank you, Stranger Things and Big Bang Theory. But uh-huh. I have not actually played. So I'm sure there were references I didn't get. But how did this uh, movie hit you? So I have, I've always wanted to play D&D, but didn't have a group that really felt like they were able to commit and get into it until I, about a couple years ago. And I actually game mastered, I DM'd for the group and, you know, have been getting more and more into it. I got, this is this cast right here. This is phenomenal. The way they pick different classes, different races, put people together, give a little bit of mindfulness to everything. Uh, I love John Francis Daly, by the way. I guess mm-hmm. and Jonathan Goldstein, but I don't know him as well. But, uh, you know, ever since the first thing I ever saw him in was Waiting, where he's the guy, you know, sitting watching the, uh, yeah, the and he video. Was Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. They did a promotional spot just a little bit ago with him and his two friends from that show as if they had just finished a 23-year D&D campaign. And, and then, of course, most importantly, he had a long-running stint on the the – Ever hilarious uh, Fox procedural bones. No. I'm oh, did kidding. he? Oh, yeah. He was there. I think he started out as their their therapist, and oh, okay. then became like an agent. It's it's a non sequitur. Bones. Okay. Well, um, you know, I so walking into this, I didn't have high stakes. I, it's not like I'm someone who's been playing for years and was looking to judge every aspect of how things go. But apparently, they struck an amazing balance between following the rules as if people were playing the game in live action and not alienating a new audience that's coming in to do things. So like the spell casting, anytime someone didn't speak or, you know, did they, they, they set a rule for themselves that if there was a conflict of interest in writing that aired between following the rules and plot, they sided with plot. And I got to say, like I had an absolute, absolute blast with this movie. This was everything that I could hope for. I like hanging out with like a group of friends and going to to see something that's like fun as a summer blockbuster. I almost wish it had a bigger platform as a summer blockbuster because I think Chris Pine is is fantastic and he's not he's like being Chris Pine, but he also has just enough edge of being a character. Um. Michelle Rodriguez was fantastic. I do not want to spoil the cameo that is in there for her character, but I feel like over a a number of years, I would never expect her to be a character that's the butt of a joke. I feel like she always plays characters that are very stern and would eye roll at things like that. But she just, she played. Everyone was playing and everyone took themselves exactly as seriously as they needed to, which kind of turns even the straight laced characters into jokes of their own. And there are some things people are picking at. uh, I can see online with like the trope of like the dead wife and like, you know, a couple of things that are a little familiar. And I do think there are maybe some pacing issues, but that's just, I mean, a consequence of trying to live a whole campaign, a whole adventure of a ton of people. Like, there's a reason Lord of the Rings movies are all over three hours long. This one managed to pull down to two hours and 20 minutes. And I feel like that's what you get. I think if you cut Lord of the Rings down to two hours and 20 minutes, you'd have 
similar pacing issues but i don't know just for me like it's it satisfied on like every level it's particularly the sequence i keep coming back to in my head there are three things the dragon and its state of body um the graveyard sequence oh my god <laughs> yes and chris pines uh loot playing which but all of that stuff is stuff that you've seen in the trailer but has context you don't get until you watch the movie oh like one of those guys in those graves he when he's sitting up he's got an arrow in him and i'm immediately oh man because they're gonna have to flash back and you know that that flashback has to end oh gosh it's so much fun i don't know so i that to me i'm very close to giving this a two thumbs up but this is a a strong one thumb up for me yeah you know this this last weekend in march was a fantastic week uh for releases there were a couple of great streaming films that i loved a lot that released this week in um rye lane on hulu and tetris on apple tv plus and I, I watched those both kind of in advance the same like two day period of time that then I went and saw Dungeons and Dragons at the press screening. And those honestly, they're my top three now for the year. So my my top three for 2023 so far all came out on Friday. Um, but Dungeons and Dragons, I think you're right. When we get later into the summer and Hasbro has Transformers Rise of the Beasts, they're going to wish they would have flipped them. Um, because I could have seen this movie being in late July, being an end of summer, like, you know, making it happen. It kind of reminds me of uh, when they rebooted Jumanji and I didn't have incredibly high uh, expectations because it was like, oh, the first one was OK. I don't think I ever needed another one. And it came out literally like the same time as Star Wars, the last Star Wars right at Christmas and Jumanji dominated the theater for like months because it was just so much fun. didn't take itself too seriously. I feel like this movie does the same thing. I'm right there with you. I I have definitely one thumb up. Um, I thought it was everything I would have hoped for from this kind of movie. The, the comedy is great. The action you, you mentioned a lot of people, Hugh Grant cracked Mm -hmm. me up with the kind of, uh, self-aggrandizing character that he got to play but chris pine so good justice smith and reggie jean page uh and some of their back and forth i was dying uh you know just bo- both of them were kind of in oddly straight man roles and it just worked uh sophia lillis who we saw in um, you know i mentioned pennywise earlier it's just yeah. that that uh, it connection episode i guess uh it was fun to see her in kind of a different part but michelle rodriguez and chris pine were the buddy comedy i didn't know i always wanted yeah uh, you know, just an unexpected partnership from the very first scenes uh, all the way through, you know, with, when they're in prison and they're telling their backstory and just the way they're playing off of each other. But they managed to make it so genuine that they they really cared about each other. So when you get to that third act point, it was very emotional. Yeah. Uh, and it was a very kind of emotional moment. I love the way they put it together. I hope... John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who've been writing together, keep keep doing uh, comedies because their style just it works for me. 
Um, you know, if you haven't seen Game Night or Vacation, go check those out. Uh, I think almost everyone's seen Spider-Man Homecoming because of how big it was. But they they have been doing some of these other uh, films. And this is another great one. Um, it's also the kind of spectacle that's worth going to see in theaters. I think actually both the movies that we reviewed this week are the kind of movie that have enough spectacle that makes it worth seeing on the big screen. Oh, if you're gonna see John Wick four, you should see it. <laughs> Don't watch it on your phone. Yeah, yeah. So, well, any other closing thoughts about Dungeons? Did it make you yearn for the 2000 classic Dungeons? <laughs> so, so no, no. But um, the I I wanted to say something about them. They get PG thirteen really, really right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like, there's something. Like, I don't question, like, the bloodlessness of it all. Like, they they are sufficiently violent without being bloody. They they know how to really make you feel the impact of things and, and make things seem a little creepy, just a little unnerving. Not everything is played too safe. I just thought they're fantastic. So, yeah. And the, the awkward comedy is always what gets oh my me. They're, like, masters of the... The awkward comedy with uh Regine Page walking away in a straight line. And they're like, Oh, well, no, here he's coming upon a rock. Is he gonna? He's got to walk around that. Nope, he's going right over it. Okay, <laughs> like, ah, uh, man. Well, I mean, at least part of it was fun, yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We are uh, we will not be in next week. I hope everybody enjoys a nice Easter weekend. But when we come back the weekend after that, Nicolas Cage is again providing us with delightful fodder in the springtime as he is back as Count Dracula in the film Renfield. So we'll be looking at Renfield and then we will be sharing some of our favorite dracula films and there are plenty to choose from i will tell you this last week as homework i watched three or four um i'll be curious to see what ones what ones you cling to but that's something to look forward to a little uh bloodletting when we come back in a couple of weeks but you guys enjoy easter until then have fun at the movies